You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Snake Sports Talk Show. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to all media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, and Spotify by searching Snake Sports Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show wherever and however... You may be listening to me today. I'm actually up on a podcast network uh, for all of you. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is where you can like and follow me. Also subscribe to YouTube, Podbean, and now it is official. I am on Spotify. Yes, yes, you can find all of my episodes there. I'm so happy and I'm so excited to now be able to spread the news and honestly, It's a much better and healthier spread than what's going on outside in the world with this coronavirus. But uh, I'm very, very happy to be here with all of you guys. I know a lot of people have questions. Jake, what happened? You were supposed to be in Los Angeles. All throughout this whole week, I've been busy, busy, busy. And of course, because of all of the latest shutdowns that have been happening nationwide, we're all under quarantine now for at least 30 days. Um, and yes, it is a hard time, but at the same time, I'm very, very blessed and glad to be doing all of this. And I also do love to give all of you guys a more healthier distraction for all of you, because I know that what's going on on the outside world is crazy. I understand that. Uh, By the way, you know, throughout this whole past week, I've just been nonstop busy with my job. For those that don't know me, what I do personally is I work for a pool company. I will not give out my company name because it is a liability for myself and for the company. But I have been working all throughout this whole last week. And yes, I've had a lot of people comment about most of my postings of the NFL free agency and said, you know, you're, you're, you're too late, three days late. Look, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. The fact of the matter is I'm doing what is important, supporting, helping out one another, and providing the comfort and the services for all of our customers and all of the people and my listeners and followers here of this show. I'm giving you some something to to take your minds off of everything that's been going on here in the world. By the way, I want to give a special shout out to our governor here um, Steve Sisolak, what a great job that he has done now over the past couple of days. I know for me, I was not a big fan, neither my family, but he did the right thing. And that was to put the city of Las Vegas under quarantine. And it's safe enough in order to kill, uh, you know, a virus like this and to stop a spread, you got to cut off all of its links. And that's, eliminating all of the non-essential companies, close them down, put barriers up. And we know that, you know, people are going to be suffering for this. But for all of the jobs that are currently going on right now, that are currently working, I'm sure for most of you that are listening to the show, I appreciate all of your guys' services. And I hope all of you guys are safe throughout this whole time and you're healthy. Uh, because there are a lot of people that are depending on all of you guys, I'm sure. And it's not an easy pressure to take, but for these people working, we appreciate them so much because of what they have to go through and trying to provide all of the necessities in order for us, the people to survive each and every single day is an absolute blessing. And I know for a lot of people, it's crazy and nuts, but we are going to get through this together. But with that said, let's finally start to talk something that's going to, you know, take us off our minds about what's going on in the outside world. Let's start talking about sports because isn't that what I'm here to do today? I'm here to talk about sports and I'm here to, to, you know, to kind of guide you guys away from what's going on here and, uh, and give you something healthy. So... The NFL free agency, man, what a crazy couple of days it was, but I am excited. I am really excited for what the season will bring us this year. 
Lots and lots of moves, but I want to start with a couple of them in particular. So let me start off with this. So Tom Brady, I have been talking with, about him for the past couple of days and not to mention in the past couple of episodes because all of us, you know, in the sports world, we were curious. We were curious to see where Tom Brady was going to land. And finally, he's picked a destination. And it seems reasonable. It really, really does seem reasonable. When I'd seen all the posts about Tom Brady, he signs a two-year, $50 million contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and all of that is guaranteed money. Now, I had a couple of questions on there that I was willing to answer and kind of shed some light and enlighten on this story. Tom Brady, and I know a lot of people have said, oh, he's going to ruin his career. You know, this is going to make a stain or a damage on his career. No, it's not. We were used to this. Brett Favre, Joe Montana, so many notable quarterbacks who have spent their long time with one organization and have moved on to the next. Or the organization had said, we need to go younger. We need to start to prepare for the future. That's what happened in this particular situation. The Patriots, I understand. 20 years in the organization. I mean, that's, that speaks a lot of volumes. And that's 20 years of just this dynasty being dominant in the AFC East and having one of the best legendary coaches, Bill Belichick, and one of the best owners, Robert Kraft. And here was the deal. The Patriots were willing. They were willing to keep Tom Brady. But Brady chose to look otherwise because the last few years, there were some parts of animosity that have happened. And that is normal. That happens for a lot of, you know, longevity years. When you've created a culture and it has lasted for 20 years, yes, there are some parts of when will it end? Or is it still going to continue? And that happened. That happened in this very moment. But Tom wanted to look with fresh brand new eyes and see his worth throughout the free agency it came down to only two teams Tampa Bay and the Chargers and obviously he went with Tampa Bay but think about what Tampa Bay has because a lot of people kind of you know see this very differently Tampa Bay's got a lot of weapons Mike Evans Chris Godwin OJ Howard They're fixing up a little more of the offensive line and the defense. They got Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett back, and they're only searching for at least a a, a nose tackle just to at least provide uh, some pressures against the quarterback. And so Tampa Bay has been busy. But here's the other thing. Bruce Arians is probably one of the most underappreciated coaches in the NFL. He has worked his magic with veteran quarterbacks Peyton Manning, uh, Andrew Luck, and Carson Palmer. So I think in Tom's situation, he has a coach that he can rely on, a coach that's smart, and will use all of Tom's skills to the best of his abilities and how he'll shape the playbook. And I'm sure that there, that Tampa Bay has all even given you know Tom Brady some power, at least have given him some leverages, because he wants to play till he's 45. And that is a perfect, perfect contract and a fit for him. I said this, and I'll get through it, is Tampa Bay the way that I look at this whole entire offense. I mean, this offense is going to be scary. And you have to think of the division they're in, the NFC South. You're facing against uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, and then finally, newly signed Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. But I don't see uh, Carolina being as competitive just yet. But they did fix their problem. They got their future franchise quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater, with the stuff that he's done in New Orleans and even before then in Minnesota, he is by far a number one quarterback, in my opinion. And definitely a franchise one. Ones that he can fit in beautifully. And I think he'll work well under Matt Rule and Carolina. But in Tom's situation... That's only one young quarterback in that division because the rest of them, they're old. They have some longevity on them. Drew Brees, 
another two years in, in New Orleans until eventually he begins to retire. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's been in the league fairly long enough, and we're waiting to see exactly how Atlanta, how they'll favor out. But in this particular situation, the Buccaneers got themselves a quarterback who last year, having Jameis Winston, was 32-30. and 30, 30 picks. 30 picks! But in Bruce Arians' system, he's the type of person that loves to take risks. But having Tom Brady now around, Tom Brady, who we know is old, and he's, he's a little bit fragile, but he's in an environment where it's sunny, beautiful weather in Tampa, even if he went to go and down to Miami and uh, enjoy his time in the Miami beaches, it's beautiful. That's literally retirement location for him. And the other thing is, he may be old and nimble, but he's not mistake-prone. Very much not mistake-prone. And if Tampa can turn this offense around and Tom Brady can cut those interceptions that Jameis Winston threw, and let's say he only threw like 10 or 12, then that's beautiful. Then Tampa can then win more games than where they were last year. But in that particular situation, the one thing that I will, you know, segue to is because I had a question. I had a question that I had seen on social media, mostly on Twitter, was why the Chargers didn't land a guy like Tom Brady. What was the deal? What did they do wrong? Or did they not pursue him hard enough? Here's the deal. And I will say this, and being a fan behind the mic, Tom Brady, he's smart. He looked at the contracts, and he looked at exactly all of the guarantees, what he would be getting. It's not the Chargers didn't want him, and it's not because they didn't pursue hard enough to land a guy like Tom. Here's the differences. couple of things. One, the, the tax zones. Okay, in California... Because the Chargers were willing to give Tom a two-year, $64 million contract with a $32 million a year guarantee. But here's the issue. Is that really guaranteed money? Because if you look at where it would be after taxes, that contract would then shift down low to either $20 million, if not lower, a year. Whereas in regards to Florida, much like here in Nevada and Vegas, there is no tax zone. So all of the money that is there is all guaranteed money. It gets every penny of it. None of it gets taken away after taxes. Um, And the other thing is too, on a side note, his son lives in New York. And do you really think he would want his son to travel, you know, thousand miles from New York to Vegas or to, uh, you know, to Cali? I doubt that. I've gone to New York multiple times. I have family that live there, and I know exactly what that plane feel plane ride feels like. <laughs> it looks like it's almost hours. But with Tom now being in Florida, it's easier for his son to get down to Florida. Very much easier. But here's the second part, okay? And I know I've had a lot, I've heard a lot of responses about this, and mostly obvious ones. Does Tom Brady really want to compete with Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West? I don't think it's just that. If you look at the AFC West with the Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, all four of those teams are younger, faster, and stronger. And each of them poses threats on both offenses and defenses. You have to think about it. All four of them have offensive weapons, Each of them have a young quarterback, except the Chargers do need to get a a younger quarterback. But they've got wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. All four of them do. But the other thing that can also land a risk on Tom is the defensive duos. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Frank Clark, Chris Jones. Newly acquired, Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, and Max Crosby. And then you're out there in, in Denver and you've got Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. 
Do you really think Tom wants any part of that? Because in a division that is maybe one of the most competitive divisions in all of the NFL, Tom wants no part of that. If he, and here was what I kind of outlooked on this. If Tom Brady got hurt by one of those defensive tandems, doesn't matter which one, the Chargers have no backup plan. They don't have a younger quarterback who's mobile, can stand outside of the pocket, create spaces, and he'll be smart on his judgment calls of who he throws down the field to. And listen, I know a lot of people are all kind of bashing up on Tyrod Taylor, like, you know, the Chargers are going to screw this up. Uh, but here's the, here's the deal. Lean your ear in a little bit more. I'll explain to you kind of a smart plan. And hopefully the Chargers can do that. But the Chargers, much like how the Chiefs had done it, if the Chargers were all about winning, they would have stuck with Tyrod Taylor. They wouldn't have cared even if they made it to a, you know the playoffs, maybe won one playoff series and then lose the next. And the Chiefs, because the Chiefs dealt with this with Alex Smith before Patrick Mahomes. If the Chiefs and Andy Reid were all about winning games, then there would have been no Patrick Mahomes. They would have stuck around with Alex Smith, won games, won one playoff series, and then they would have gotten knocked off very, very easily. But instead, the Chiefs did the right thing and did the smart thing by going younger at quarterback, knowing that the, the league itself is shifting. In the Chargers situation, because they've, they've now have said, well, we can't get Tom... We're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. We're not going to end up signing anybody else. I would have loved to have seen the Chargers go and pursue Jameis Winston, but Tom Telesco and and Dean Spanos have made their point. They're going to stick with Tyrod. The only concerns that I have about Tyrod Taylor is he throws 60% on the field, and I'm not sure as far as health concerns if he's still the same type of quarterback I've seen in, in, in Buffalo. Because here's the difference. If I had seen Tyrod Taylor in a healthy state where he's throwing 66, if not 65%, I would have been fine with that. That's trustworthy. But he's at 61. It's almost close to 60, 60 if not below, to the 50s range. That's a hard knock to gamble. So, in my opinion, with what the Chargers may do now with Tom Brady or with, with not getting Tom Brady on the team, I think the smart thing you can look at, and this is where the draft comes in. I think the Chargers should draft a quarterback. They need to. Because look, Tyrod Taylor's nice, but much like Jacoby Brissett and Alex Smith, they'll win you a whole lot of games, but they won't win you the big primetime matchup games all the time. That's where your Patrick Mahomes, that's where your Tom Brady's, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, those are where all of those quarterbacks and even Russell Wilson will win you those games. Okay, he's nice to have as like a backup in case if, you know, if your starting quarterback gets hurt tomorrow, then at least he will come in in the next game, win you that game, and it gives the quarterback time to heal and rest until he gets back up on the field. But that's where I stand with Tyrod Taylor. Easton Stick, he's a nice kid. I know he's been around, you know, guys like um I know he's been around guys like Carson Wentz in college. But he won't necessarily display the Carson Wentz type of, you know, quarterbacking skill. He's a nice young kid. Nice piece adds a lot of extra depth. But if you ask me where the Chargers would need to do, they're going to do a couple of things. But they should draft a quarterback. They sit number six in the draft. And I think the Chargers should either pursue Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, or Tua. Those are the only three, and maybe Joe Burrow if available. But in this particular case, because of where they sit, I think the Chargers could very easily make a trade-up. Trade-up, and you better get one of those quarterbacks fast. 
It is a drafting carousel, as I've said in my previous episodes, but that's where I stand with that. And if the Chargers do do that, because you have to think of what they did in free agency. They fixed up the offensive line. They may need a couple of pieces, and I'm sure that they're going to draft um, they're going to draft those important pieces, or they're going to go into free agency, which they did, fix up the line, fix up the defense, especially the secondaries. This team is ready to win, but it needs its franchise quarterback. And I understand the whole deal. They felt like if they got Tom Brady, Tom Brady probably, you know, wouldn't even make it happen on this team. Um, they've got weapons. They got everything that they need. But of course, it was the trust side. Head coaching, general managing, ownership. That's what's kind of the hard part. But the Chargers are in the most beautiful place where they can draft their future franchise quarterback, get him ready. You would have Tyrod play maybe five, six, if not seven games of the regular season to see where it pans out. Because if it gets to that point, you can throw in that quarterback who's got plenty of weapons, he's got plenty of protection, and he's got a defense behind him that can pick him up. The Chargers are not dumb for this next season. This is going to be interesting, and I can't wait for it. Let me shift to this. Um, Philip Rivers, speaking of the Chargers, Philip Rivers has finally found a team, and I'm happy for him with this. He signs a one-year deal, $25 million guaranteed, uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. And why do I think that this deal is probably one of the you know, best underappreciating contracts through this NFL free agency? Well, here's the deal. Finally, Phillip Rivers gets a healthy offensive line he's been asking for for years since being a Charger. And he's not missing much. He's got offensive weapons, um, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, and Marlon Mack, maybe even more. But he's even got a younger defense with uh, Darius Leonard. And they ended up trading up to get DeForest Buckner from San Francisco. Chris Ballard is one of the smartest general managers in the NFL. I've said this multiple times. Everything that he's done so far in regards to the NFL free agency the cap spaces, and the draft. He's drafted well, and he's developed a lot of young players, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, and so much more. Chris Ballard was able to give Phillip Rivers, and he could have easily given Tom Brady as well, a healthy offensive line, finally be able to fix up the defense to where they're competitive in that AFC South, and they, they can now start to win games. And look, a lot of people have had questions about Jacoby Brissett, but again, as I've, ex- as I've explained about Tyrod Taylor and Alex Smith, nice quarterback, he's smart, but he won't win you all the games in the season. It's hard to do that. He will win you some games. He's a great piece. He's a great backup piece. But I don't see him as being a number one starter. That's my honest opinion. But Phillip Rivers, I feel happy that he's gone to a team where they appreciate him more. They got exactly what they want for him. And I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do great. I think he's gonna do very, very well in Indianapolis. Don't kid yourselves. Okay. We know the Titans overpaid on Ryan Tannehill. And we're not sure how that is now going to affect them in the future. But they were smart enough to retain Derrick Henry on a franchise tag. Uh, Houston, and I'll get to that later on in the show. But I'm happy. I'm absolutely happy for Phillip Rivers. He feels appreciated. And I think at the same time, this could potentially work for the Indianapolis Colts. Because this was also a team that I think could have taken a gamble on any other quarterback as well. And, you know, come next season, they may make a bunch of trades and go and get their next franchise quarterback and possibly Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. They did this with Andrew Luck, and it spoke for itself. It shined. Now, the Colts are in the same, they're in the same boat. Phillip Rivers, 
We know he's coming in close to the end of his days, but he's finally got exactly what he's wanted. And Chris Ballard, we'll see exactly what happens come this season and then toward the uh, next year's offseason to see if he's going to now trade up to get his future franchise quarterback. I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, they're ready for this. They are very much ready for this level of football, but it's only a matter of time. But I think the Colts don't sleep on them. They've got weapons. They've got a defense. This team is ready to roll. And the AFC South is going to be interesting, but I see the Titans and the Colts being the top teams in that division. Coming up, I'm going to explain a little bit more. I'm going to be talking about DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs and their brand new teams that got traded to, but I'm also going to dissect the difference of both their trades and which one that I believe was a better trade. And then plus later on in the show for my best for last, I'm going to grade all of the teams when they've gone into free agency and where exactly they will sit come next season. That's all coming up, Snake Sports Talk Show. You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Snake Sports Talk Show. Hope all of you guys are safe and healthy. Uh, You know what's one thing that I did see that I think that kind of, you know, made me smile a little bit? If any of you have seen the Instagram picture of Tom Brady officially signing his new contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, oh my God, did you see that smile? Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Tom Brady looks happy and he looks... You haven't seen that smile in a long time. He, he looks happy. I, I think this is going to work out perfectly for him. Again, I think Tampa Bay is a fresh start. It's the first time that Tom Brady's ever hit free agency. This is going to work out beautifully for him. I don't see this happening like, you know, any other way. He's happy. And he's got a fresh new look. He's got weapons. He's got a coach. I I think this is going to be really good for Tom. All right, let me now not talk about Tom. And uh, let's start talking a little bit more about the the big-time trades. So we've had two top receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, who were recently traded from both their respective teams, the Texans and Vikings, and they're both in brand new homes. Hopkins is in Arizona. Diggs is now in Buffalo. And we wanted to kind of dissect a little bit of which trade that I do believe was better. So let me start this off with DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, we know, was one of the top NFL wide receivers in the league. And in Houston, he had a very good young quarterback in in, uh, Deshaun Watson. But the biggest question of it was, and we knew that this was going to be a hard-pressing time for the Texans because they would have had a lot to deal with. But Bill O'Brien, coach slash general manager, decided it was time to basically move on from uh, DeAndre Hopkins and send him off somewhere where he can be, you know, he's got a better home and he's appreciated. So once this trade happened, this was the trade. The Arizona Cardinals acquired him for a second round and a fourth round pick. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, let me repeat that. A second round and a fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> this is one of those deals that I just I I kind of just scratch my head and I'm going thinking what the hell is you know is Bill O'Brien doing? So DeAndre Hopkins, there was a lot of news and details. There were some talks about you know the the the, the locker room chit chat that was going on with the team and with the coach and. This is one of the reasons why I think that the Houston Texans need to hire a more smarter general manager, someone that could actually make a bigger, better pitch than what Bill O'Brien basically accepted. He accepted literally, you know, it was, <laughs> that pretty much just offered me, you know, like food for the rest of the week. That's what it seemed like. 
wasn't offering me anything else or anything bigger and better. Just a second round and a fourth round. Are you kidding me? That just kind of shows the level of respect and worth that DeAndre Hopkins is worth. That's unbelievable. I mean, as a business person, when you've got an employee who, by numbers and by stats, if he's performing exactly where the company is and the company continues, you know, skyrocketing and build, he should be at least, the very least, appreciated. You know, if he decides to go away, you give him the best pitch that you got. The best pitch that you can have available. If you turn that down, fine. Then, you know what? At least you tried. But in this particular case, Arizona won this deal by a long shot. Because it seemed like Bill O'Brien went for the first contracted pitch that was given to him. And he just decided to settle on that. And then now here's where I kind of go into the Stefan Diggs, con, uh, you know, their, their trade scenario. So the Buffalo Bills acquired Stefan Diggs. And they gave up a lot, a lot for him. As I'm searching this up, because I think that this is maybe one of the best trades that both the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings have done. So here it was. So the Bills get Diggs in a seventh round pick. And in return, the Vikings will now get a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth round pick. Doesn't that sound a little bit more of a bargain to you guys? Seriously. A first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth round pick. You know what Minnesota's going to do with that? Minnesota's now going to end up drafting another wide receiver because you got to have somebody that's going to you know, support uh, Adam Thielen before he gets hurt again. And they're going to have to use all those draft picks, maybe one on an offensive line, and maybe a lot more on the defense because they lost a lot of de- defensive pieces. But think about this. So Diggs got a first-round pick in exchange. Why didn't DeAndre Hopkins get a first-round pick? It's really bizarre to me. Out of all the you know the the wide receivers over the years during the off seasons, who have been traded, almost nearly all of them got first round picks, except for DeAndre Hopkins. It boggles my mind. This is why that I think Bill O'Brien should have been smart enough about the pitches made to him. And for Diggs, here's the thing: as a business person. When you think about trades like this, because this happens all the time in sports. It ain't even just in football. Hockey, they go through this. NBA, same thing. Teams that know that they've got a, a salary cap issue, know that they have to move on from one, at least one, maybe two star players, and they've got to now start to rebuild the next big thing, the next great thing. You know, it's, I, I just think that you know, DeAndre Hopkins was terrible. That deal was terrible. So, in my opinion, a first-round pick is beautiful because at least you see the production of it. And here's, here's the one reality you all have to understand is that wide receivers don't win you Super Bowls. Okay, coaches, offensive lines, quarterbacks, and defenses all together win you games. But, of course, you got to have the necessary pieces. But a wide receiver alone isn't what's going to win you Super Bowls. Wide receivers, much like running backs a little, do come and go. Even though wide receivers get more of the love than running backs. But that's offensive weaponries. They can be traded. And that's why I think at the same time, they're both very good um, pieces in specific areas in specific organizations, depending on how they have a system set. And then they're also best trade baits. They are. Because at least with the production levels that they give, you're going to get just an overhaul of picks. But the Texans got a second and a fourth. And (laughs) And the Vikings got a first. And they got so many draft picks in the end. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. And here's what the Bills are looking at. The Bills, here's what you got to understand. 
If the Bills make it to the AFC Championship game, because I had somebody have a question for me about that, and they asked, they, they basically stated, the Bills gave up way too much. Well, hold on. If the Bills went to the AFC Championship game, I'm not even going to go with they want, they're going to win it and go to the Super Bowl. But if they went to the AFC Championship game, what's the point of all those picks? It doesn't matter because they got a star-wide receiver. Josh Allen is going to have an awful lot of fun with that offensive tandem. Seriously, at least you have a number one wide receiver in Diggs. You got a veteran wide receiver in John Brown. And Sean McDermott is probably one of the most underappreciated coaches in the NFL currently. That defense was ridiculous. And the Bills, even though that they were, you know, unlucky, I guess you can say, when it came into, you know, the wild card, then it was, you know, the playoff game and all this and that. But overall, you got to respect the fact of what they've done in free agency. Buffalo got better. Buffalo got absolutely better. But for the Texans situation, the, the Arizona Cardinals, I can't wait to watch this. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. You got Kenyon Drake back. And Kyler Murray, who throws probably one of the, the, one of the, the most fascinating balls you know, in, in the NFL currently. And I ain't even going to talk about you know, his, his height. Absolutely not. The kid can play. But Houston, you need to figure this out. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I can't believe that DeAndre Hopkins would get disrespected like that. If it were me, if I was in Bill Bryan's shoes as a general manager, I would be pushing all my hardest to get a first-round pick. Because that's ridiculous. You look at the numbers of DeAndre Hopkins, those stats don't lie. And you watch him in every game he's played. That is a first-round pick. Anytime you give somebody up like that. First round, second round, and you better hope you get a fourth or a fifth. Good God. That it, just thinking about that and just talking about it alone boggles my mind. But again, I think DeAndre Hopkins should have deserved a lot better, but he's going to be the only winner of that trade, and he's going to absolutely produce with Kyler Murray, and he's going to be, you know, he's alongside, again, one of the best wide receivers who played in the league, Larry Fitzgerald. That Arizona offense is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm excited for that. All right, time for the hot press. This is the hot press. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of fun talking about this news. So, um, so after all the free agency frenzy that we've always come to, come call it, um, there are only about fifteen notable free agents who still have not been signed or given a contract just yet. Of those fifteen. There are a couple of um, big-time names. David Clowney, Jameis Winston, Robbie Anderson, Rashad Perriman, uh, Marcus Golden, Jermaine Feedy, Jason Peters, Ndamukong Sue, Everson Griffin, Eric Reed, and Demarius Randall. Uh, so those free agents, I think, at some point, maybe it might not happen this, you know, this closing of the week, but I'm sure come next week or so, they may end up getting contracts uh, given to them. Hopefully, you know, they'll go into to really good spots. I did think that, you know, Jadavion Clowney was going to end up going to the Indianapolis Colts, but still not given a contract yet um, is going to be interesting. That'll be one piece, but I, I think the big piece in the big market right now would be J, uh, Jameis Winston and where he's going to end up uh, come, you know, the, the start of next season. So that'll be interesting to see there. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they ended up signing Melvin Gordon running back for two years, $16 million. Uh, so he's now getting paid $8 million a year, and he's going to now uh, trade uh, snaps with Philip Lindsay, his new teammate. I don't... I don't particularly see this working well. I, 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 I've had conversations with multiple people about this deal. I, I don't like it. I really, really don't like it. Here's the deal. I understand with some of the, the, the tendencies that Melvin Gordon does have. And yes, the inefficiencies, which as far as the fumbles out of 204 snaps he's had, you know, those need to get cut down. And I understand it. But... 
You have to think about how Denver utilized their running backs all throughout the last couple of seasons. They did not favor well. Philip Lindsay was absolutely a home run for them. They finally got an efficient running back. I don't know how they're going to end up trading and swapping um, you know, the, the, their snaps, but hopefully it'll be the best for Melvin Gordon. But I just don't see this working well. I really, really, really don't. Um, so, of course, you know, a couple of some noted teams who have had some very good free agent signings, the Chargers, the Ravens, um, and surprisingly, the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins right now look like they are in a position where they have a bunch of weapons and they also have a bunch of defensive pieces that could potentially now lure in to a Tago Bailoa. I like it. I think, you know, the Dolphins, <laughs> they, uh, they've been busy. They have been absolutely busy all throughout this whole offseason. But you have to admit, Brian Flores is a very, very good defensive-minded coach. Coming out of a New England system, they beefed up the defense well. Uh, they got Kyle Van Noy, and you know they overpaid for, for Byron Jones. But if you're going to get the production levels off that defense, that's going to be great. And I think Miami does deserve a guy like Tua. If they don't trade up and possibly get Tua before it's too late... I think Miami's going to miss the shot at a, at a franchise quarterback. Finally, um, the uh, you know with all the free agency and everything else that's been happening, there have been a couple of players who have been tested for the coronavirus in the NBA as well. Uh, Kevin Durant being noted as one of them. Uh, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult now. This coronavirus has shown to be very, very uh, widespread. So for all of us here on the show and even for all of our fans listening to the show we advise you please be safe wash your hands stay healthy and uh just continue to live everyday life as much as you can seriously this is scary all right there is our hot press this is hot press by the way, uh, just just before I, I I take a break and uh, you know we come up back to this uh, best for last segment here up on the show, um, as I'm going to be discussing about all of the teams' grades uh, from free agency. Everybody was very very busy throughout this whole time, but uh, you know I I looked at my my social media page on Instagram and there is nothing that kind of you know makes me happier. Knowing that even though all of us are going through social distancing and we're all kind of shutting ourselves out right now from just what's going on with the outside world and with this coronavirus, I just hope all of you are safe and healthy as well. And just to follow the guidelines as well, uh, given to all of us, myself included. But I will say, I'm very, very happy with the fact that you know, all the athletes out there from, you know, here in the States and I'm sure around the world, um, have come out, they've gone on face on Instagram live almost all the time and they connect, they connect with all of the fans, especially for the young kids. And when I checked my social media page, you have no idea how many young kids who currently play, you know, youth sports and in different organizations and, you know, I've shared their support, their love for the page and, of course, for the show as well. And it just really kind of gives me that great, warm feeling. And it, it does because, you know, even in this time of isolation and in this time of social distancing, you know, I'm here bringing to a lot of people and to a lot of you, the fans, the, the listeners, the viewers as well, some very, very good insights Something to kind of get our minds off of what's been going on in the world. I can tell you right now. I mean, my birthday was Thursday. I'm currently 25 now. And I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. Not to mention having to celebrate it on a day where it just feels like the world is so empty. You know, the world is kind of like, it's a ghost town out here in Vegas. With the 30-day quarantine, it's scary. It's absolutely scary, but I will tell you this because I am a firm believer that we will see the light at the end of the tunnel once this is all over. But I realized too, I feel like that this is a test. This is a test to kind of see us as people, you know, even with this whole quarantine that 
what exactly are we really doing as a society? You know, and, and that's the most important thing. And I know too that all of us, you know, we kind of are cut off from a lot of things that we could, that we could do. Um, it's hard. It is. But at the same time, when we find all of those alternatives, it really tests us of how we can absolutely get through hard times like that. If something was to happen like this again. And I think that it's really, really kind of bringing out the best of people and some of the things that people do struggle with. It's a test. You know, it's an absolute test for me. It's a test for my family, test for my friends, and for so many of fans and colleagues out there. And I love every single one of you guys. You have no idea how much joy that it brings that all of you, you know, subscribe, like, follow, and comment on my show. And I'm willing to the very best of my abilities to provide the entertainment to all of you, to getting your minds off of what's happening on the outside world. Because as I've said, lots of players now have, to, have tested for coronavirus. It is scary. But at the same time, we should not be living our lives up in fear. You know, we know that this is a hard time that we're going through, but we're, I do believe that we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel when this is all over. But in the meantime, I appreciate every single one of you who have tuned in. Get your minds off of everything that's going on and just taking the time to relax. Um, you know, just basically, you know, you, you, there are people out there that read books. And some of them I know that athletes are doing, you know, the workout challenges at home. Uh, doing something. Doing something to at least get our minds off of everything. And I think that it's the best. It is absolutely the best. And I am, again, I, I'm so proud and I'm so happy. I'm so happy that, you know, all of us are, are doing what we can to at least help out people who very much and desperately need it. So I thank all of you. I thank all of you. Be right back. Snake Sports Talk Show. Can't get enough of the Snake Sports Talk Show? Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotify, and Podbean just by searching Snake Sports Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram to get the latest from the show and catch up on all the episodes of the Snake Sports Talk Show every weekend. All right, you guys. So I had such a great time being here with all of you. I hope all of you guys are having a great start to the weekend. I know with everything going on, it's been difficult. But at the same time, we're all together in this and we are maintaining. So I'm going to start with my best for last here. Um, first of all, I'm going to focus a lot on the AFC. So there were a lot of different moves that were happening all around the NFL with free agency and trades. So I figured I would work on doing the grading so far of what the teams have done. And my focus will be on the AFC. I'll focus more on the NFC tomorrow. And uh, just to kind of give us a little bit of an insight. Sound good? I think that's a good bargain. So let's go ahead and start with the AFC East. So the Buffalo Bills... Um, what did they ended up doing? They ended up getting uh, Stefan Diggs, which was a huge, huge pickup um, and giving up a first round pick for it. I know it was a large package, but at the same time, Josh Allen's got a lot of weapons now. He's finally got reliable targets. Uh, so it, it, because Josh Allen was the type of quarterback that will throw downfield and he's very accurate. But the problem was there was not anybody downfield. So finally, he's going to have a wide receiver that can open up down the field. Not to mention, too, um, they're very, very uh, solid with getting, you know, a little bit of Josh Norman there as well, and even adding Mario Addison and Vernon Butler. So I'm going to give the Buffalo Bills uh, an A here on this one. The defense is maintained. They're strong, and the offense just got better. I think that, you know, coming into the draft, it's going to be interesting to watch this team, but I think the Buffalo Bills are right in the spot where they want to be, and I think they're going to shoot for an AFC championship game. Um, I, I think this will be interesting to watch. And the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins were busy. They were busy all throughout this, you know, this whole free agency. They picked up Byron Jones. They got Eric Flowers, and they ended up uh, picking up um, Kyle Van Noy. So... This team 
definitely was strengthening at the defense. They were very, very good throughout the late uh, part of the portion of the season. Brian Flores is a very good coach. I'm going to give the Dolphins a B- minus here on this one because the only thing I'm going to wait for is seeing what they're going to do in the draft. They got the number five pick. If they decide that they're going to trade up to go and get a, a star quarterback like possibly a Tua or even a, a, a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, I think this is going to be massive. I think it'll be massive for Miami. I think they'll be in the right direction with as far as picking up picks and also shaping up for the future. I think this will be interesting for the Dolphins. So they're going to get a B- minus for me. Uh, the New England Patriots, eh, I, I'm going to go with, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that they re-signed Devin McCourty, which I knew they weren't going to get rid of, but they did at least upgrade a, a little slightly with Adrian Phillips and, and then bringing back Joe Thune um, for the, the offensive line. That was the most important thing. But, of course, you know, this, this deal and letting Tom Brady walk was hard. So they definitely will get a D, in my opinion. And, you know, New England, I think this is going to be a team with the receivers and the core that they have. This is going to be a team that's going to be dead last in their wide receiving core. They're going to start with Jared Stidham. And I think this team, I think, could very much go 4-12. and I feel like that this is going to be a tanking year. But don't forget exactly who's in the draft come next season. A Trevor Lawrence. If this is a team that's going to tank for him. Uh, this, this is also a team I cannot underestimate. But we'll see how Bill Belichick favors for next season. And finally, the uh, the New York Jets, um, they were very they were very busy as well. They ended up getting both George Fant on an extension and Connor McGovern from Denver um, that could help the offensive line. This is a line that needed adjustments because every time I keep watching Sam Darnold move, it's like he's running for his life and he has no time to throw in the pocket. Now, there are some, some hard holes that need to be filled. Number one is going to be the wide receiver position because Robbie Anderson is in free agency right now. And I'm not sure if they're going to end up extending his contract or they're going to give him something. But th th this is going to be difficult for the Jets to have to overcome. And I'm paying attention with Le'Veon Bell. If they decide they're going to move away from him, hopefully they'll get some players or maybe get some draft picks and get a wide receiver in the draft. But from where it's looking right now with the Jets, I'm going to give them at least a C- because they did fix the offensive line. But the only problem is, who is Sam Darnold going to throw to? Who is he going to throw to downfield? Uh, that's going to be a huge, huge um, discussion. All right, so let's go to the AFC North, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So... They got a, a big-time swinging home run with Calais Campbell from Jacksonville. They traded for him. They franchise-tagged Matthew Judon. Um, and they also signed Michael Brockers as well to at, at least a very, very fair deal. So this defense is now stacking to where they are very much legit. But this offense, of course, they lost Hayden Hurst. So they're going to go with Mark Andrews. I'm sure they make it at least a... a, a a low-end tight end that could just go in as a secondary blocker for uh, a guy like Lamar Jackson. But at some point, they're going to need to, to fix and bolster up that wide receiver core. I love uh, Marquise Brown, but I don't really see him too often as a number one receiver. But I'm going to give Baltimore an A-. minus. That's a team that's really started to stack up their defense, and I think they're going to be very, very tough to beat in, the, in that AFC North. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals. So... They did lose up a, a, a bunch of players um, in free agency, but they franchise tagged A.J. Green, which was definitely the right move, at least for them. I would have loved to have seen A.J. Green go somewhere where he'll stay healthy and he'll be more productive. That's going to be hard for Cincinnati to go through that. Uh, but they did get D.J. Reader, who's very reasonable and... Again, with all these decisions that the, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to come with with that number one pick, I'm going to give Cincinnati a, a um, you know at least a, a C minus. This could very much, if they make a, a move that I think could change it, um, that's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Cleveland Browns. Now, I am very happy and proud of what the, the Cleveland Browns have done in free agency. Finally, you are going to give... Baker Mayfield exactly what he lost 
from last year after you went and traded for Olivier Vernon, Cleveland is finally figuring this out. And I think Kevin Stavansky is really going to love this. So they fixed up that offensive line. They got the tackle positions corrected. Jack Conlin, I think, was a big-time splash. I did think that he I, – I definitely knew he was going to end up signing in Cleveland. Um, but it's, it's, it's also a, a slight upgrade, and it's a huge edge for them. Not to mention getting Austin Hooper. They got at least a secondary tight end for, you know, in, in with David and Joku. But I do see Austin Hooper. Hopefully, he'll produce with his offense. But at least they'll have him and Njoku as good tight end tandems um, and could s- set up as just, you know, secondary linemen. So I'm going to give Cleveland at least the B and hopefully it'll turn into a B plus. But Cleveland, as of right now, they did very, very, very good. Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, finally. So, you know, this team, of course... They made some splashy free agent signings, but it, it, you know not to the, the to the extent of their DNA. Uh, they franchise tagged Bud Dupree, which was a good choice. Um, they then ended up getting Derek Watt, a fullback, so he'll be playing next to his brother TJ. And um, you know it's kind of hard. I think it was you know paying him a little bit too much, but still it's an appreciation. Um, the defense, I think, is going to start to bolster up a little bit more. I'm sure we're going to see something in the draft. But I, I would think at some point, you know, Pittsburgh needs to fix that wide receiver core. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, I like him. But the fact of being an, uh, a number one receiver is extremely hard. Uh, I like James Conner, and I do like Jalen Samuels. I like that back-to-back um, one-two punch. Um, but this wide receiver core needs to get better. But hopefully they'll do something up here in the draft that might actually change my mind. I'm going to give Pittsburgh at least the D+. So, Because that could easily change into a C if they go and get a wide receiver and do something that's going to help to bolster up the defense. So let's go now to the South. So the AFC South... Um, I'm going to start with the Indianapolis Colts. So the Colts right now, Chris Ballard is one of the best general managers in the league. And they did good. They, did, they didn't do good. They did great. They got DeForest Buckner for the 13th pick of the draft. And I think that was smart because the fact of the matter is they bolstered up that defense with guys like, um, uh, with guys like Darius Leonard and so much more. Not to mention, too, they brought back Anthony Costanzo on a, re- on a reasonable deal and they got Phillip Rivers. They got at least a veteran quarterback, and he finally has an offensive line that's bolstered in front of him so that he doesn't end up having to suffer injuries. Now, a lot of people are asking, is that a big upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? I'd see it as a slight upgrade. I really, really do. But at least the Colts are doing something right here for them. So I'm going to give them at least a B. And so hopefully we'll see what could happen in the next couple of days um, and coming in close to the, the start of the season. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, of course, this Jaguars defense. Remember that uh, that team that said that they were the most intimidating team on defense? Well, everyone's gone, right? You know, they made the decision um, to, to sign Joe Schobert to a, over a $53 million contract. I mean, you look at this organization and just where they sit. Foles is gone, Boye's gone, Ramsey's gone, uh, and the only one that you're going to settle for is Schobert and J- uh, Miles Jack. Like this is this is hard. This is, this is absolutely hard. I'm going to give you know Jacksonville at least a D minus here up on this one. But this organization, we knew that they were making a lot of noise, and this team just. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to make of them. But I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans here. So looking at them, they were able to retain Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Now, overpaying uh, you know, the, the quarterback position at $118 million, I thought that was kind of hard. But at least, you know, it's kind of hard. But I, 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 I think that if they split the deal with him and Derrick Henry... I think Tennessee could have had at least enough in their cap space. But, of course, the best was getting Vic Beasley. They got a very, very good linebacker for cheap. And I think that that was uh, the best that they can 
for their defense, going to bring up some value for them. Uh, I'm going to give Tennessee at least a C minus. Um, I, I think hopefully if the production is well, that grade could change, or if it just drops drastically, that could also change as well. And finally, the Houston Texans. <laughs> Good God! I, I again, I can't even say enough about the Houston Texans and what they've done trading away, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. But of course, the hard part is they have to pay up, you know, Lar- Laramie Tunsil, and they have to pay Deshaun Watson. Now, I understand the fact of getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, but at the same time, you literally got him for dirt cheap. You got rid of him for dirt cheap. And I did not like the receiving end. Second and a fourth round pick. Are you out of your mind? I could have at least gotten a first round, if not, you know, first round, second round, and possibly a fourth round for DeAndre Hopkins. So it was ridiculous. But they retained Bradley Roby and uh, Darren Fells as well. And they ended up paying Randall Cobb for serious overpay. Are you out of your, uh, like, are you kidding me? So I'm going to give Houston the F grade i i just think that this was terrible this is why houston needs to get a, G, a general manager or at least a smart one because trying to do this with a, a coach slash general manager is not working out for them all right so finally let's go and move to the afc west now right so let's start with the denver broncos um D- denver i thought did a very very good job they were able to retain their offensive line and get somebody better to help upgrade them. Jarrell Casey, by the way, was a huge steal for the defense. They got rid of him for seventh round. They got him for a seventh round pick. I, that, that was huge. And also they they franchise tag Justin Simmons. And um, I, I, I think that the Denver Broncos, uh, the only signing I did not like was the Melvin Gordon signing. I just don't understand that. I don't think Melvin Gordon could have easily gotten a better deal than what the Chargers gave him. But I'm going to give the Denver Broncos a B plus. It's close to an A minus, uh, but at the same time, we'll see how their production levels favor. Because I, I know Drew Locke came in late in the season and it was productive, but I can't gamble on that just yet. But they did good. They did very, very good. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, the Super Bowl champion, um, Super Bowl champions, eh, didn't really do too much in the the off season, but they did end up um, franchise tagging Chris Jones, which was a huge move. At least it keeps the defense there, um, but not a whole lot of big time moves. I mean, they got rid of their offensive lineman who won the Super Bowl with them. He goes to Pittsburgh, so I'm going to give the Chiefs a C. So, hopefully. Th- with all the players that they have retained, they can keep up and stay at least the, the most intimidating team in the AFC. But we'll see. We, I mean, there, there could be some certain things that can that can change in a heartbeat. Oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I can finally call them the, the Las Vegas Raiders now, even though I'm not really <laughs> a, a personal fan. But uh, the Raiders, I thought, did very, very good. I'm going to give them cre- John Gruden and Mike Mayock credit. You know, they, they fixed up the linebacking core uh, with Corey Littleton and, and Nick uh, Kowatsky. Th- they are big, impactful players, fast players, and will get to the quarterback very, very fast. Um, and Carl Nasib, I think, is a huge deal. Um, with him next to Max Crosby, that, those are some dangerous weapons right there. Uh, the defense, I think, is going to provide a lot of pressures. They were lacking on the linebacking core because I know with getting rid of uh, um, Khalil Mack was hard, but they they did fix up that problem, getting those two linebacking tandems. Um, they added in some depth with Jason Witten and with, uh, with Marcus Mariota at the quarterback position. Now, that's going to push Derek Carr a little bit, but I see this being veteran experience. I'm going to give... The, Bay, the Raiders uh, a, a C a C plus. I, I think this team's going to be much much better and improved, but we'll see how this rebuild goes. But it's exciting. It is exciting to see that happen for them. Finally, the LA Chargers. Uh, I, I just think that this was this was interesting. Now people are going to say otherwise with the fact of oh they didn't get Tom Brady, oh they let you know Philip Rivers leave, and yeah, but here's the thing. This could drastically change by the time that we end up going into the draft. Okay, here's what was huge. 
they had a great week. They got Linval Joseph and Chris Aris, and they signed Brian Balaga, and they uh, acquired Trey Turner in a trade. They fixed up the line, which has been a problem for years, and their defense still maintains the strengths. So uh, uh, some people will grade them low, but I don't understand that. Why? Because the fact of the matter is, here's the other thing. Let me let me add this on for you. They re-signed Austin Eckler, and they franchise tag Hunter Henry. I don't understand why people would think they would grade them down. I personally would give the Chargers an A- here up on this one. They finally fixed the offensive line. I understand people are going to have concerns about Tyrod Taylor, but we have not hit the draft yet. This is where I think we have to kind of slow down on that grade, okay? So I think the Chargers did very, very well. They fixed up the offensive line. They got a very good defense that maintains with, you know, Hayward, Harris, uh, Derwin James, and, of course, uh, Desmond King. That's going to be that's going to be an intimidating secondary tandem. Um, but I, I believe that if they draft a future quarterback, he's going to come into an offensive lineup that's stacked and ready to win now. Um, that's going to be interesting. I, I like this. I love this. All right, so there was all of your grades on the AFC side during the free agency, and I know we're kind of still continuing on. There are still like some top 15 free agents up out there, but we'll see. It could have, it could change it in a matter of days. But I can I tell you at least that this was probably the busiest free agency I've ever had to deal with, but this was the most exciting one. One that I, I won't forget, very me- uh, memorable. What a day. What, what a week, I should say. <laughs> what a week. All right, so that's going to conclude the show here for today. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. Uh, continue to tune in and subscribe. For those who um, you know are first-time listeners, subscribe in on Spotify, YouTube channel, and, of course, the Podbean Podcast Network. Look up Snake Sports Talk Show. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and like me on Facebook. I'm up on social media as well, keeping up on all the deals and keeping your brains energized for everything sports news talks. So, I, I'm again, just because of everything that's going on in the outside world has not stopped me from continuously putting on this headset, turning on this microphone, and even turning on my computer and start talking about sports. Seriously. That's what we, we need. We need a positive distraction. We need something that can keep our sanities. And I love this. This is my passion. And this is what I'm going to continue to do for the next couple of days moving forward. But I hope all of you guys are safe and healthy. Have a great weekend. And um, tune in to me tomorrow. I will have episode 13 coming in here in the works. But, man, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every moment of it with you guys. Um, Like like I said, comment on some some of my posts. I would love to hear your comments. Love to interact with all of you guys. All right? This is Jake the Snake signing off. Have a great weekend. See you tomorrow.